0: Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. Looking at your headlines in today's Herald Wednesday, the 12th of January 2022. Water tariff hike sinks in council after heated debate. Attempts to increase water tariffs in Nelson Mandela Bay sunk at the council meeting on Monday when opposition parties pushed back against the proposed hike. Lead story off the front page of today's Herald reads as follows. Schools spin over more rotational classes. The move will lead to another year of disrupted teaching, education role players say. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to disrupt schooling in South Africa after it was announced yesterday that the rotational timetable would remain in place for many schools at the start of the academic year. For more on these stories and others, go to heraldlive.co.za. So as we learned from Basic Education Minister Angie Macekha yesterday, the 2022 school year will once again feature the controversial and thorny issue of rotational timetables. And this will be for many learners and teachers throughout the country, not just the Eastern Cape. The move has been slammed by unions, parents and teachers who say very little planning was done to avert another interrupted school year. The majority of them supported a call for all pupils to return to school to mitigate a potentially devastating impact on academic performance. Joining us today to share his thoughts on this matter and other education-related issues, renowned educationist, author, social commentator, wearer of many hats, in fact, Professor Jonathan Janssen. Prof, thanks for joining us. This is not the best news with which to start the academic year.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the, the you know, the take-home from what you heard from the Minister and from what we know uh, from what is happening on the ground is that they have thoroughly messed up again the uh, the preparation between the closure of schools last year and the reopening for the inland schools this week and the coastal schools next week. Ask yourself, what have they done? Did they put in place the technological infrastructures, okay, on the one hand, to enable schools to move smoothly between face-to-face and online? Did they ensure that the basic things like running water, you know, is in place in every school in the country? They have not done any of that stuff, so now they come up with smokes and mirrors. Uh, and sort of say, we're going to do rotational schooling. It's a waste of time. We have lost, kids have lost a third of learning time since March 2020. We're already staring down backwards. Why on earth why do we still play these games? So, yeah, no, quite, but but expected, you know, incompetence at uh, large.
0: And Prof, as a result, quite obviously, marks have dropped, standards have fallen. Can we revive them? And if so, how would you see us going about doing that?
1: Well, first of all, in terms of, if you look at the learning losses that some of my colleagues at Stellenbosch have accounted for in in, in research uh, since March of 2020, um, then I, and the bad news is there is no way we can recoup those learning losses. You know, you listen to the NAPTOSA president yesterday and he says kids are now showing up in grade three and they can't write their names, you know? That is a consequence of the mismanagement of learning. Uh, since the various lockdowns, and and so the ease given what we know about the virus now compared to. 18 months ago, we know, for example, that the Omicron variant is not as devastating, certainly not for people who are vaccinated and, 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 and or for young children, certainly in, in sub-Saharan Africa. So get the kids back to school as soon as possible and make sure that two things are in place. The one is vaccination, for as many as we can, and the other is uh, mitigation, which means make sure everyone wears a mask, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the concerns that we used to have, for example, about social distancing, which is always a bit of a joke when you think of people living in a shack or you think of overcrowded classrooms in Ganubi or Nusikisiki, is to just make sure that we can can get these children into a place of learning and do what we can uh, to equip those schools, all schools, with the
0: PPE equipment that they need. Do you think we're in a position for all school pupils to return full time? This rotational learning issue, I see there's no standard rotation that's uh, applied. Some schools have uh, pupils arriving on alternate days, others on alternate weeks. Some have grade 12s exempted from rotational learning. Some where they financially can't afford it have no rotation at all. Your thoughts on this, Prof? Prof? Yeah, it's a tragedy, you know, that the people who make these decisions have their children
1: in private schools or in the elite public schools. So they really don't care damn about what happens to children in rural or township uh, schools, uh, etc. The problem is we now know uh, the the new variant is not as devastating or for health as, as was Delta. And we'd also know That there are huge learning losses that we will not be able to recoup regardless of what we do. Who does that impact on disproportionately? The children of the poor and the working classes. So this nonsense about um, rotational classes, as I said before, smokes and mirrors uh, uh, on the part of the DBE. We need to get all our children into school, we need to get our teachers into school, we need to make sure that the children are taught as quickly as possible, And what rotational learning or rotational schooling in effect does is to further hamper the continued learning of
0: children who are the more vulnerable in the school system. Prof, just a final thought on the Minister's briefing yesterday on the readiness of schools. It's interesting to note that she makes this announcement and we don't have the matric results out yet. I believe those are going to be released. The matric results from 2021 will be released on the 21st of January. And this year, in terms of the Poppy Act, they will not have their names published in newspapers. Just the exam numbers will be there. But what do you expect in terms of matric results from 2021? No one seems to be too optimistic.
1: No, we cannot be optimistic. In fact, if those results are spiked by the DBE, then I can assure you there will be an outcry because you know the reality. You know, this is, we we know we're coming out of a COVID reality. We know that we've had huge interruptions and disruptions of the, the calendar year in 2021 as well. And therefore, any Any attempt to to again play politics with these results would be would be a disaster. I know for a fact, knowing a lot of people who work inside Malusi, which is the standard setting body, that they've been fighting a rearguard action just to keep you know the politicians and indeed the DG and the bureaucrats from putting pressure on them to artificially you know um, spike the results. Um, and so on, and that would be a disaster. So the truth is, it cannot be great results, sadly, and, and 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 so I'm not expecting anything better than what we saw last year, which was already quite crappy. The bigger question is, of course, do we have the kind of government and governance that can restore, you know, some basic health into the school system, and you can't. This government is incompetent on the one hand and uncaring on the other hand. And man, let me tell you, if they cannot protect the house in which they live and do their work, which is Parliament, how the hell do we expect them to to be concerned with, I mean, just think of the number of schools damaged as they are every year in the holiday period, right, the vacation period, how many schools are damaged and have to be fixed. You know, there are schools still with pitlithic toilets, they're still without basic running water. My point is you cannot miraculously improve the results of schooling when the basic provisions are not even in place. So, no, under this government, I have no doubt that we are going to be in this inside this kind of madness for, for another few years to come. Uh, But I see nothing, there's nothing in policy or in planning or in programming that gives me any confidence that we are about to turn around the rather, you know, sixth state of the education system in South Africa.
0: The thoughts and words of Professor Jonathan Janssen. Thank you so much for joining us today on Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. Have a good day, Prof. (music) More reaction now to Basic Education Minister Angie Macekha's briefing yesterday on the readiness of schools ahead of the new academic year. Unions are not happy with all elements of her speech. We've got the NAPTOSA Executive Director, Basil Manuel, joining us now for the union perspective. Basil, good morning. Your concerns with the minister's speech yesterday? Good morning, Darren.
2: Darren, look, there was a lot said in, in, in the total presentation. But uh, there are a couple of things that worry us. Um, The one is, uh, we we spoke about school readiness and it was glossed over. And of course we believe that schools are ready uh, given the task given to principals and heads of department and teachers, because that is their job, they will get it ready. However, there are things in the control of the department that were glossed over and ought to be looked at a little more closely. For example, the appointment of teachers. That is teachers that schools are entitled to in terms of the post-provisioning norm. We uh, We find that a province like KZN has a few thousand posts that haven't been filled. Now, surely that can't be good enough. And they are on record as saying they don't have money to fill them now. Now, If you listen to that, and at the same time, the minister says that uh, more is going to be spent on infrastructure and provinces are going to spend more on sorting out infrastructural things. If the province doesn't have money for salaries, where is it going to get the money from for infrastructure things? So we are concerned that we are glossing over and we're papering the cracks. Still sticking with readiness, um, a reference was made to the delivery of the essentials, textbooks and writing books, et cetera. Now, of course, schools have two very different systems. There's a set of schools that will purchase their own because they will get the money, and there's a, a set of schools that, of course, order through the department. Now, having said that, all schools get supplies of PPE. Uh, for for covid containment and the non-pharmaceutical measures from the department and yeah we have noticed that there has been a an almost uh, deliberate playing down of the importance of covid if maybe it has to do with uh, the alert levels being being decreased more people allowed in venues etc but the, uh, the delivery of these essentials is not up to scratch. And we as NAPTOs are advocating for more learners to return to school, but under the conditions of safety. Then, of course, um, we also, the minister also made reference to the current status where learners will return today in the inland provinces and next week, Wednesday, in the coastal provinces, and we will still be utilizing the rotational system. Now, we know that that's bound in the current regulations and it has to do with the Disaster Management Act and all the things that resort under that. However, we are unhappy that this is a conversation that hasn't started yet. Surely we should have been focusing on this much earlier. Now, NAPTOSA wants to see a greater number come back. And we have been agitating around this, saying, uh, look at the losses. Can we continue to afford? And we continue to allow for these losses to happen. And our focus has been primarily on the uh, foundation phase, where I'm guaranteeing you that today there are grade threes arriving at school in our inland provinces that can't read, that cannot write, that are battling with basic math. And by now they should have mastered the basics. That is the impact of rotational learning.
0: It would seem obvious to me that a child's development will be negatively impacted, even if they're absent for just one day. And the rotational learning uh, genuinely seems to have been a problem in the past. And I think parents, teachers and unions will be pretty much united in their concern about the system being implemented in 2022.
2: And Darren, look, we've also got to acknowledge that it was done for all the right reasons and with all the knowledge that was at our disposal at the time. But we've moved on. We've calmed down about certain things. And for heaven's sake, if we are allowing uh, contact sport at schools uh, without masks and other forms of protection. But at the same time, we are saying learners can't be uh, sitting next to one another with masks on. (laughs) that doesn't make sense. There's a disjuncture there. Now, let me say that the ministry supports the view that we need to get more learners back. Or rather, they're making those noises as well. And we know there's the legal impediments. But why are we only talking about it now? Ideally, before today, this should have been wrapped up. Whichever way it falls, we should have wrapped it up by now. And that is a source of unhappiness for us. But also, you know, the minister did make a point about mentioning that Well, now we'll have spectators at school functions and sport, et cetera. Now, we are a little cautious about that. And we know know what parents want. We know they want to be there. We know every parent wants to see how their little darling is performing on, on the sports field, et cetera. But we are asking, quite honestly, is it the right thing for the moment in a school? To bring many people in whose health statuses you don't really know. Shouldn't we be a little more cautious and not follow the trend that has been opened up to the general public? After all said and done, we need to protect schooling to ensure that there's nothing that disrupts school. Um, and I know, I know the schools, particularly the uh, A large number of our members are in schools that have a very strong culture of sport, etc. And I know what the feelings are there. However, mine is about what is in the best interest of protecting schools for schooling
0: first. Basil, and finally, thoughts on the fact that unions have cautioned eager matriculants and their parents not to expect any miracles when the matric results which will not be published in print media for the first time in memory are released on January 21. So we're going into the new schooling year without knowing what the metrics of 2021 were able to achieve.
2: It is a pity that we've delayed the release of the results. And I know there are some good reasons for it, but uh, I still believe that we should have pushed to, to, to do this before schools reopen because some of those learners have to come back to school and already they are sitting at a disadvantage. But... Um we've cautioned because we are saying let's be realistic your your matriculants of twenty twenty one had fifty percent of the year in grade eleven. They started with a whole lot of deficits that had to be caught up either by themselves or together together with their teachers they had to play catch up. Some schools did it very well, and some schools didn't of course your your better of schools didn't have the gap because Some of them had online uh, teaching, but the vast majority have had gaps. And our teachers of Matrix, uh, most of them didn't have a single weekend or holiday in the entire 2021. That is how uh, desperate they were to get through the syllabus. So it stands to reason that there would be an impact. Ours is to bring a bit of sobriety so that expectations aren't at an all-time high and so disappointing. Appointment is also at an all-time low. To say, it, whatever is done is now done, but remember, there is a tomorrow, and not having um, achieved to the level you want is not the end of the world. Uh, we need to bring that home to parents too, because uh, the matric exam is a high-stakes test, and everybody places so much emphasis on it that expectations are sometimes too high and failure is a devastating thing. So we want to mute that a little.
0: We're going to leave it there. We appreciate you joining us on Behind the Herald Headlines today. He's the Executive Director of the National Professional Teachers Organization of South Africa, NAPTOSA. Thank you for your time, Basil Manuel. Thank you very much. Education in the spotlight, the brand new academic year 2022 upon us. Yesterday, a briefing on the readiness of schools by Basic Education Minister Angie Mochekha, and we're getting reaction from various role players, including Mr. Timbani Mchida. He's the Acting Deputy Director General for Institutional Operations Management and District Coordination when it comes to schools and education. Mr. Mchida, thank you so much for joining us. Your general thoughts on the state of readiness for 2022? The news doesn't seem to be too bright at this stage, unfortunately.
3: No, thank you so much, uh, uh, for the opportunity. We are starting a new academic year, as we have been doing in the past few years. And as a department, we are doing and we have done everything to make sure that we are actually starting on a very good footing in terms of making all the plans. Well, of course there are some indicators of school readiness that we normally focus on as we are planning for 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 for, 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 for school opening. Some of those would include availability of classrooms, sanitation, provision of leather teacher support material to our schools and all forms, all forms of support that we are providing, including of course provision of teachers, just to make sure that as learners will be coming back to school, uh, they find schools ready to receive them. Remember, in every new academic year, you have the very young learners who are actually going to school for the first time in their lives their first experience so you want to make a situation that would be conducive to receive those young ones so that they find education an exciting experience for them so we're doing everything then to make sure that we receive those learners in in, in, in in that tone but at the same time you have the other learners who have been part of an education system but you also want to keep on motivating those so that they always find a reason to come back to school every day. So I am saying, therefore, as the Department of Education in the Eastern Cape, we are, of course, ready. But readiness is not without some challenges in some areas because you will find that in some areas there are going to be delays, for instance, in the provision of LTSM. I must upfront indicate that there might be some delays of some few days, which have been uh, caused, of course, by all the processes in the value chain of ensuring that at the end of the day, all letters receive books. But we are saying we are actually uh, up to that uh, task. And also, you will be aware that in the recent past, around the fifth of December, we started seeing in the Eastern Cape a lot of storms, which have affected quite a number of our schools. As I see 74 so schools have actually been stopped damaged. To an extent that some of them will find it very difficult even to start on the first day, but we are trying to get whatever we can in order that we we, 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 we provide support to those schools as well. Right. So I'm saying in a nutshell that we we, we think that as a department we
0: are ready for the year, Mr Mchida, with all due respect, unions, teachers and parents are not convinced. How is it that we still at the start of yet another school year have schools that don't have Have all their supplies? How is it that in some cases schools' infrastructure is lacking? They don't have water. There are pit latrines in some schools. How is it that we're still facing these problems? And why will we be dealing with rotational timetables once again in the new year? That affects both learners and teachers in a massive, massive way.
3: No, thank you so much, Darren. Perhaps let's separate between two things here: the decision that we still must continue with the rotational timetable. That that has nothing so much to do with state of readiness in terms of what the department should have actually done.
0: Is it not a conversation that should have been had at the end of last year and should have been sorted out by now? Because it will affect the quality of teaching and learning.
3: No, you're quite right. But if you understand why did in fact in the first place, why did we speak of rotational timetables? It was not because of any educational reasons. It was because of COVID-19. That was actually attacking every part of the world, including our country and our province as well. So, whether then we, we, we must have rotational classes or not, depends on developments that are taking place. And I think that the lead department in that regard is COGTA and COCTA is also informed by the state of COVID-19 in the country. So it's something which is a little bit out of control. So I thought that we need just to separate that and actually deal with that one alone as a standalone. alone. But then when it comes to classrooms, availability of classrooms in the Eastern game, you would be aware if you come from this province, that historically, the Eastern Cape has serious backlogs of classrooms. But this is now this time around being exacerbated by the fact that uh, we have the schools that have been affected by storms, schools that have been damaged by storms, which is actually adding salt in the wood. Otherwise, historically, we have a backlog of of, of classrooms in the province, which we are incrementally dealing with year in and year out, but of course, there will be these external sectors, which again are out of our control, that as you are actually trying to do it, nature on this other side is actually doing its own thing, which which in some cases is actually taking us back
0: and what about the issue of school supplies how is it that on the first day of the new academic year not all learners at all schools will have all the textbooks and supplies that they need
3: it's quite an, uh, an unfortunate uh, situation that that it is the situation but once again just to indicate that uh, we have had a number of challenges which have actually led to the delay in the supply of, 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 of the learner-teacher support material in the department. And again, those were associated with availability of, of, of budget and all those things. And at the time that we were able to obtain the necessary funding, it was almost late that we should actually be following all the necessary processes we should Actually, three LPS and delivered to our schools. But as I am saying, this is not going to be a very big delay because we shall be starting to to, to to deliver. In fact, we we have actually started in some cases where we've distributed the stock that was available, the stock that was on head that we had. And I I know that by end of January, more than fifty percent of our schools would have actually received the
0: leather, I mean the leather transferable material. Mr. Mchida, can you give us a date? By which 100% of all schools in our area will have received all their material?
3: Well, looking at the processes, Daron, by end of February, all our schools will be uh, having the, 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 the
0: learner support material. I'm very glad to hear that. We will hold you to that, sir. We might revisit the issue uh, because it is something that is going to affect the quality of teaching and the quality of learning. Thank you very much for joining us today. From the Eastern Cape Education Department, Mr. Timbani Mchida. Thank you so much, Daron. Thank you. That
3: was today's edition of Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann.